friends, welcome to episode 12 of the Voices Unheard podcast, where we share stories of change makers who are often making grassroots impact from the ground up. Today's episode is an area that unfortunately we haven't had a chance to dive into, but it is something that all of us should care more about and think about. I'm fortunate enough to be joined by two guests today. So we've got Tim Willis and Rebecca Enright. Tim is the president of Carbon Bins, an organization that aims to educate, motivate, and inspire people to do something about carbon pollution. And we've also got Rebecca with us. Rebecca is a founding member of Carbon Bins, and she's also an environmental services professional. So let's jump in. Tim, and hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, well, tell us, how does Carbon Bins work? Carbon Bins is a not-for-profit, uh, an incorporated association, that, and it's currently, at the moment, there's there's um, six to eight of us working on it. Um, but we're hoping to build and get bigger and bigger and bigger as we go along. But essentially what we're doing is we're crowdfunding the removal of carbon pollution from the atmosphere. Um so the IPCC, the International Panel uh, on Climate Change, sort of put out this report, I think it was in 2017, that said that in order, basically in a nutshell, for the earth to stay habitable, we need to, um, you know, to keep, keep temperatures around uh, one and a half degrees of warming and below two degrees, we're going to need to remove a lot of carbon pollution from the biosphere um one estimate i read i think it was in the conversation magazine uh, from an academic based in in canberra was that we need to remove around 700 billion tons and which is a lot (laughs) it's kind of i mean it's it's a on the face of it it's a devastating amount but the good but once you scratch the surface on all of this stuff you realize that we, we currently possess many techniques to do this. And, um, and so what more than anything, what, what the feeling is, is that it, it also requires a, a, a kind of a, a shift in the way pe- the people, people think about the problem as well. Um, and so people need to understand that there are solutions at hand and that, we need to frame, begin to frame the problem so that people think about it in terms of solutions rather than just uh, catastrophe all the time. Uh, because that's just, as far as we can see, that doesn't really motivate people to do anything. It just it motivates people to, to shut down and, and not want to think about it. Um, yeah. and, and so what we, what we sort of thinking like we decided to call the organization carbon bins because really what we want are bins for our carbon pollution and just as there are like ways for people to put rubbish in their bin and put recycling you know do something with their recycling and we have toilets sewage systems um sewerage i got told is what it's called is that for, for dealing with human waste we also need systems for dealing with the carbon waste and so that's sort of what kind of got us thinking about well we need bins for carbon pollution so just as you can put you know trash in the bin 
it would be great if there was a way for people to do the same for carbon pollution. And so in this way, just as like the, when you see litter on the street and you pick it up, put it in the bin, the motive behind doing so is to, is to really, it's not to kind of cancel out all of the times in your life where you may have inadvertently littered. It's to make your environment a cleaner place. And so what we're trying to sort of say to people is, well, let's just start cleaning things up. You know, mm. here's a bin, put some carbon in the bin. And so now we've around Melbourne, we've started a pilot project, which we're um, gradually trying to, to grow. Uh, we have five locations around Melbourne with electronic donation collection devices. Uh, three of them, there's three electronic donation collection devices and uh, two QR codes uh, where people, when they're getting a coffee, can also make a $2 contribution mm -hmm. that um, pays to remove carbon pollution from the atmosphere. And what we do is we collect those um, contributions and we pool them. And then with the money that we receive, uh, we purchase um, Australian carbon credit units, which are carbon carbon credits. Um, in this particular case, the type of carbon credit that we purchase are those that are developed via tree planting, essentially. Um, either planting trees mm -hmm. in parts of Australia where trees were previously cut down or planting trees in places where, um, you know, maybe they never were, but someone wants to create an artificial plantation or something. And so we purchase those credits. And once we purchase them, we retire them, meaning we remove them from the marketplace for, for those credits. And hopefully in a, in a bid to kind of stimulate uh, more demand for those types of carbon credits. We're hoping to, to create a new kind of area in the marketplace, a new kind of body in the marketplace to stimulate demand for those products. And therefore, when there's more demand, there's going to be more trees planted is the hope. Okay. Mm. Um, so, yes, we, we're sort of saying, we're saying to people at the moment, um, you know, bin some carbon and better our planet. And, I mean, we're also very, we also take a very pragmatic position on, climate change and solutions to climate change it's there's a there's a lot of sort of absolutism in in the environmental movement and the climate change climate change activism where we do you know people are very kind of black and white about the way they see what what solutions we need to and what action we need to take but we sort of think you know like it's it's a it's a big ask to to ask people to, to make violent and sudden change towards things. There needs to be things that allow, that allow for uh, transitions to take place. And so we, we sort of say to people, well, look, if you can buy an electric car, well, let, let me put it this way. If you can walk or ride a bike, do that. If you can buy an electric car, do that. And if you can buy an electric car that runs on... Uh, green energy that's even better you know like if you can find a way to power it mm. using green energy that's fantastic mm -hmm. but if you absolutely have to drive then make sure you clean up the mess you've made you know and here's a way to do it 
this is a way for you to do that. And um, we, we want to sort of provide that transitional buffer for people um, because there are many people who have to drive a long way to get to work and there's no other. It's in our view, it's better to do this than to do nothing at all. So that's sort of it in the, in the shell of a nut. Do you think I've left anything out, Rebecca? No, I guess the only, I guess, thing that I wanted to highlight, I guess, was that um, I guess the world of carbon credits and carbon markets and that sort of thing is, is pretty uh, impenetrable for a lot of, a lot of people. Um, and I guess what carbon bins uh, sort of provides people with an opportunity is to contribute to the purchase of um, uh, certified if you like carbon carbon credits and that's not something that you can that you know the an everyday person can do um, at the moment you just can't buy a carbon credit as such so by making a contribution uh, to to carbon bins and that's where Tim was talking about crowdfunding you're essentially crowdfunding the the purchase and retirement of carbon credits um, so you're you're investing in projects which put trees in the ground, which pull carbon out of the air. Um, and once those credits, uh, those credits are recognised, Carbon Bins um, uh, purchases them. The retirement means is that it just means there's no double counting. So uh, a mining company or someone like that can't come in and also purchase those credits. So we're driving, uh, we're reducing the supply, driving up the demand, hopefully, for uh, further investment in, in, in projects that get trees in the ground and pull carbon out of the air. And I think that's probably is one of the key things that makes it, you know, a, pretty much a, a real first. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I mean, I have heard of carbon credits before, but I feel like I've never heard of something that actually kind of contributes to the ecosystem of purchasing, retiring them before. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I guess the other thing to um, just to highlight too is that the credits that Carbon Bins will uh, purchases, um, they're credits which are recognised under the Australian Emissions Reduction Fund. Um, so it's a very stringent mechanism, and how they're recognised and the monitoring and the reporting that goes on with the projects that generate those carb carbon credits, and those sorts of carbon credits are considered pretty much the gold standard around the world in terms of the quality of them, if you like. So, yeah, we, it, that that's the real trick with 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 a lot of this stuff is that when you when you look into sort of uh, you know I think I saw a document by an organisation called Forest Trends and they said the global average for carbon credits was three dollars seventeen back in I think this was in two thousand eighteen I think was about four dollars 17 australian mm -hmm. and um and the thing is is that because there there are australia does regulate this stuff very heavily and if if mm -hmm. if a carbon credit provider is saying that these credits are going to do something that they are removing x amount x tons of you know carbon from the air or a credit is one ton of carbon it has to do that and it has to the methodology has to show that it would it will indeed um, do that, and so that's why they they're more expensive here in Australia, mm. and um, and and that's 
and we have kind of gone down that path because we want to it's important for us for people to trust what what they they're, they're throwing money at you know we we, we mm. we're wanting to to make sure that people trust what we do and um and if they do want to dig into it they will find that what we're doing is bulletproof or watertight or <laughs> all of all of those kinds of things so yeah i think that's that's kind of it in a nutshell we're, we're hoping we're hoping to grow we're, yeah. we're wanting to increase the the number of locations around melbourne um but ultimately our kind of dream is to it's just to to have these places everywhere and not only that to but but to get people to start thinking about it more you know um if you're purchasing a coffee your coffee i mean at my local cafe coffee is going up it costs like five dollars eighty for a coffee but i just i saw this one and i thought that's expensive <laughs> but but that's all right it's good co- it's very good coffee but you know like if i can afford that then i can afford the two dollar contribution to carbon beans mm. that contribution when it gets all um you know the back of the envelope maths that we do on that means that it that contribution would pay to remove about 94 kilos of carbon dioxide which is wow approximately the the amount that's generated by a small 41 liter tank of petrol and that's that's based on the the spot price for this particular kind of carbon credit um which was about 16 dollars back in 2020 so so yeah I see. it's a, it's all very it's all very like it's all a kind of a complicated process but it's um we're, we're, we're trying to iron out the kinks at this stage because this is as i said we're in this pilot project phase so yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome i have um i have a few kind of questions mm-hmm. <laughs> a follow-up questions yeah. so to say um i'm just wondering then why did you decide on kind of projects that i mean okay we all know you know trees are important um was there a reason you decided on that kind of project specifically on um, like tree planting i guess well a couple of things um so f- one of them being um that Whilst there are a lot of um, emerging technologies and really good ideas for technology ideas for uh, reducing emissions, pulling carbon out of the air, mm-hmm. they're sort of still in development. And trees are a tried and tested way of pulling carbon out of the air and they also have I guess a range of other benefits associated with them by providing habitat for wildlife um, uh, those sorts of things as well Uh, also too in Australia um, so because uh, the decision was made to buy Australian carbon credit units under the emissions reduction fund there's uh, there's about 30 odd types of projects that can be that can generate verified carbon credits um, and they're called methods. So there's, you know, everything from planting trees to uh, uh, feeding cows, um, mm. particular additives and that sort of thing to reduce their emissions. So there's a few weird and wonderful things um, mm. in there, but by far and away uh, projects that involve 
planting trees or uh, letting uh, not clearing vegetation and allowing it to, to grow back they are the most readily available too so um, I guess out of all of them um, we sort of considered that really that you get your best bang for your buck with those sorts of projects you get the carbon sequestration um, you get all the other environmental benefits that go with it there's social benefits that go with it too because a lot of the time for these projects they provide employment for the local um, communities and that sort of thing so really it just it it ticked a lot of boxes and I think most people generally um, you know they understand that putting a tree in the ground sequesters carbon and I think that's a concept that most people can get on board with. You can go out, you can see the trees, um, you can touch them, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, that that's a, that was a big thing too. I think like when we first were talking talking about it was, um, it's just that that like from a a marketing perspective, not even a market, but just for people to understand immediately what what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Going with trees is a good first port of call it is really it is a really exciting time at the moment though um in this whole area because there are like there is a lot of money going into people trying to figure out ways to get carbon out of the air it's really exciting and it does once you dip your toe into it um you dip your toe into it and and it's there's so much stuff and there's so much stuff that's happened very recently uh, relatively recently Mm. um and um but again coming back to the trees thing we 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 i mean long term we we are open to to going with other approaches Mm. it's just that at the moment Mm. trees are the most mature it's sort of a a mature technology and a a mature approach and um one that's very straightforward so yeah Mm. Mm. yeah that makes a lot of sense wow Okay, because when, whenever you talk to someone about, okay, we're going to, you know, tackle climate action, um, you kind of mentioned this already. It's kind of, it's easy to get overwhelmed. You know, people don't really know what to do. And like, there's a lot of anxiety around feeling like it's, okay, maybe it's not your specific problem or you don't know what to do about it, that kind of thing. But then like, why carbon then in particular? Because there's a lot of different ways of tackling climate action. Mm-hmm. Was there a reason you decided to kind of concentrate on carbon? Well, I think um, the idea was really like, I just remember thinking the, the initial idea came from this this sort of point of going, well, what the, the problem is that there's too much carbon in the air. Mm-hmm. And so we need to start getting rid of it. The, the, and then kind of looking around and going, and I hate to get political for a second, but looking looking around the world, going, oh, I've got we've got climate deniers in the government in Australia, and oh, look, we've got a a big orange climate denier in the United States, and thinking, well, we need to at the time, you know, and so thinking, well, wouldn't it be great if we just had a system where people could start doing this in spite of whatever government is in place at the time, and. And I think um, the problem is, is that there's sort of, okay, so I'm going to kind of take the long way around of answering this, sorry. <laughs> but 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 the problem is people do feel despondent because they, they feel like they, they are powerless to do anything about, about this. Mm. But 
I mean, what we're trying to give people greater agency in the face of the climate crisis because we're trying to give people the capacity to to actually be in the front line, like with what we're doing every day, you can remove the very thing that's that's causing the planet to warm. And if you couple that with other other actions to re, to reduce your you know carbon footprint and encourage all the people around you to do the same and in, and 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 remind your politicians that you want them to do the same, this can this can build very quickly. You know, so I mean, the other side of what we're doing is that. Um, you know, I had one very cynical person say to me once, like, oh, this, you know, every little bit counts thing is nonsense, you know. And there's a little bit of, I mean, there's a little bit of truth in some of that in so far as if we want to, like, really what we need is, like, mobilisation of, like, um, like a wartime sort of thing to say, all right, we're going to completely electrify the grid, you know. It's going to make millions of jobs. It's going to pump millions of dollars into the economy. Let's go. There's this great Australian, Australian actually, he lives in the United States. I think his name's Saul, Saul Griffiths. I always mix him up with Saul Eastlake, but I think it's Saul Griffiths. He's just <laughs> written, a, he's written a book that's free. You can download it for free online. It's called Rewiring America. And, he, you know, he sort of puts forward this blueprint and this map of how this could be achieved. And it's, it's, it's great. The thing is, though, what we're trying to do as well is to sort of, uh, again, create this by using the, the power, like the individual, the pooled buying power of many individuals, mm. all right? We are trying to create this new body of demand within carbon markets to hopefully mm. push out others, you know, others who might be in there for greenwashing purposes you know as well as that mm. we're also trying to become this again a block within the vote voting community whereby we can say mm -hmm. to politicians oh you see people are quite happy to pay for action on climate change you know we've got the data to prove it mm. you know people are actually very happy to throw two dollars at this every time they go for a coffee mm -hmm. um so maybe, maybe, maybe you don't need to fear voter, voter backlash at the ballot. Maybe you can be a bit braver about passing that legislation to actually do something meaningful. You know, like so. Mm. So we, we are trying to give people greater agency, and there's those sort of three in that three pronged approach. Just that everyday thing of like, you can do something very direct. Mm. We're also, you know, the carbon mm -hmm. markets, and with with kind of. Um, the word the vote <laughs> so so yeah yeah i think that's that's what that's what we're trying that's that's why carbon i think my own view and i probably rebecca you feel the same way but i i i hear a lot of environmentalists and again it comes back to that sort of absolutist thing but i hear a lot of environmentalists saying mm. no we can't we can't do it this way we have to do it this way this is the only way but my i mean my only my own view is we need to throw the kitchen sink at it and we need to we need to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks at the wall, <laughs> and then you mm -hmm. know what I mean. Like we absolutely mm -hmm. have to give it everything and don't stop. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And it also, I mean, it's, it sounds so like kind of so straightforward and so easy as well. You know, it's the idea of like from little things, big things grow. And it, it's something that's so straightforward and it's something that only takes a little bit of action and it can, you know, collectively we can make such a big impact. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's not supposed to be a silver bullet. Like it's not mm. to contributing to carbon bins is not about, um, it doesn't mean you don't change any other behaviors to reduce your own carbon emissions. But the reality is there's no such thing as living without making any emissions. And not only that, the way it works is that there is, we're locked in to a trajectory of climate change already because of the levels of carbon dioxide in the air. So this is a way of, of doing something to address those, allowing time for people to change their own behaviours, to vote accordingly mm. and to make those sorts of decisions. So, you know, you can spend a lot of time wringing your hands and saying, oh, it's not perfect and it's not, that won't, change it enough and that sort of thing whereas I guess this is about you know you don't have to wait you can do something that is a no regrets sort of action it's a good thing it's going to be a good thing and it's not supposed to be do this and lead a really polluting lifestyle <laughs> it's about recognizing that people are trying and want to do mm -hmm. you know are addressing their own emissions and, and, and that sort of thing. But this is just that little bit extra on on, on top. Um, and, it, you know, it doesn't take a lot of money and it doesn't take a lot of effort and it doesn't take a lot of time for a really good outcome. And, you know, over time it's the sort of thing that can be scaled up really mm. easily as more people um, get on board. And, you know, mm. from there I'm sure things will evolve. As well as that too, like, the, I mean, going back to what I sort of said before, like, and, and what Rebecca just said, we're locked into this trajectory now where we absolutely have to get, we have, there's no other option. We have to remove carbon somehow from the atmosphere. Mm. And so mm. what we really, one of our kind of goals is to actually get people thinking about that and start getting people to become mindful of mm. that fact that if we're to keep the planet habitable, we have to remove this stuff. And so that. You know, when it comes to it down the track and, and governments and people are saying, we're going to have to drop some money on this, you know, they're already right. Oh, yeah, I know. It's a bugger, but, yeah, it's yeah. they're going to be hopefully okay with it, yeah. you know, because um, it, can't, it can't come as a shock. So we need to start making, you know, instigating that, um, I don't know if instigating is the right word, but creating that awareness in the community yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah and also having something that's kind of you know it's you see it at the coffee shop or at whatever store you are and it's just something that reminds you so that you can start having these conversations so it's you know it's nothing new it's just like a little hit yes, absolutely yeah, that's awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah when did you actually start piloting this project by the way ah uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> it was about about a month ago actually we actually got the yeah we only kicked off the pilot it's it's sort of every it's it's been about two years to get us to this point yeah and it's been two years of like doing things like 
just ironing out the creases and getting like all mm-hmm. the bread and butter things of getting branding for the for the website and mm-hmm. and um and getting agreements with offset providers like there's an offset provider that we're going with called uh co2 australia mm-hmm. but organizing the the partnerships with these people to be able to um, make what we're doing smooth um and it it mm-hmm. takes as, as you know like like um doing a podcast <laughs> just anything that requires other people just takes time <laughs> it's mm. like <laughs> yeah. it just, anytime oh, yeah. anytime other people are involved it's it's like oh my god this is gonna take forever <laughs> so yeah. and it's, it's just that's just that's just it but we we had i think the first device went in to a cafe here in north melbourne called auction rooms i'm just gonna very quickly say their address because they deserve a plug <laughs> actually i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give them all a quick plug because because like oh, it's uh that's awesome. it's, it's kind of, <laughs> well the thing is we, we yeah. absolutely i mean our whole model is completely reliant on these partner organizations partner companies so mm. there's the auction rooms oh, which yeah. is situated at 103 uh, Errol Street in North Melbourne. Um, so that was the first place to get a device. And we have a device at the Brunswick Green, which is an awesome, awesome pub in Brunswick in, um, mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Um, and that's at 313 mm-hmm. to 315 Sydney Road, Brunswick. Um, so they have, a, they have a QR code there. So you can do the same things that you would do with the electronic device. You, can, you just do it via a QR code. And thanks, thanks to COVID, everyone seems to be down with QR mm. codes now. Um, we have, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And we, yeah. we have one at the Wildlife Bakery, which is uh, 90 Albert Street, which is in Brunswick East in uh, Melbourne. There's also one at the Hippo Bottle and Bar, which is a great little bottle shop on, on Smith Street in Collingwood, 290 Smith Street, Collingwood. And then we have a, another QR code at Willows and Wine, which is a great little um, wine and um, wine bar and bookshop, secondhand bookshop. That's 315 Victoria Street, West Melbourne. So we're currently um, we're about to at another location, just hammering out the details of another location, oh. which is cool. But um, we are like our kind of philosophy at the moment is better to be small than not at all. So we're, we're starting small. But the cool thing about what we do is that like we're there, we're collecting donations, we're pulling carbon out of the air. And at this stage, it's we've, we've made enough to remove about uh, around 50 tonnes of carbon out of the air um and and we'll just keep collecting money and keep removing carbon from the air and keep growing as we go along and if you know so just keep getting bigger and bigger so the pilot the pilot is this little this phase that we're in where we're just trying to figure out how things work figure out what we can do better figure out how we can get you know more more people to tap um figure out ways of telling people about the benefits of it and and yeah we're it's it's an exciting exciting period so yeah Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I'm just, I'm curious, what have you kind of, I mean, obviously it's been a short and intense kind of, um, I guess, process. What have both of you learned so far then? Okay, so I guess um, in a previous life, um, I I worked I worked in um, the area of uh, carbon projects and mm. that sort of thing. So this world is not new to me. But I guess what I've learnt is that someone like Tim, who doesn't work and hasn't worked in that area, had uh, had such a passion to do something like this. And you know, Tim called me. Be at yeah, least it was two about two years ago. Must be getting <laughs> yeah. up to more. <laughs> and just wanted to ask some questions and that sort of thing. Um, and I guess so that for me is sort of seeing that and seeing um, the 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 amount of interest that it, it's had in, in such a short period of, of time mm-hmm. um, has just really shown me that it is a massive gap in the market for people who who want to be able to do something who feel a bit paralyzed by wanting to do something but don't know how or Mm. when or why and uh that sort of thing so um yeah I was probably a bit you know jaded Mm. prior to that Mm. having worked in this industry for a long time Mm. Uh, so it was really refreshing to see that um there is a lot of interest and there's a lot of people out there who are wanting to get on board and very very passionate about it Mm. And what about you, Tim? What have I learned? Oh, my goodness, I've learned so much. Well, I'm constantly learning things off Rebecca. Rebecca's constantly teaching me new things about <laughs> about how all of this stuff works, which is great. And I'm con- actually, I think for, for, for quite a while, like, Rebecca, you would write things and then I would write things and then, and then like, I'd send them to you and you'd go, you'd red pen it and you'd go, this, this is not... <laughs> So I realized how, how, uh, how I, I had a, a higher, I had a higher impression of my own writing skills. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just that this, this is an incredibly complex and technical so space when it comes to carbon credits and that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm no. too detailed and in, in technical. So it's, it's about us kind of both middle. meeting halfway, which has been it, great. No, I mean, what, I, what I have learned though, is that, uh, oh, I mean, so my, I'm a carbon bins. We all do carbon bins voluntarily. None of us are paid. Like with carbon bins at this mm-hmm. stage doesn't make enough we're not making all of the money that we get for carbon bins actually at the moment all all of the donations that go to carbon bins go to removing carbon from the air so at this stage we haven't mm. we haven't as such we haven't yet had some kind of benefactor just go hey, yeah have some money where we can afford to employ people full time or anything like that not yet um, but mm. my 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 day job around is i'm a I'm, I, I teach I'm a lecturer in music at the Australian Institute of Music here in Melbourne. And so all, oh. yeah, so I teach, I teach guitar and I, I teach everything actually. But um, at the moment, I'm mostly supervising master's students actually. So a shout out to everyone at AIM. But the, the interesting thing with that <laughs> is that it teaches you that because you're around people doing creative things all day long, 
you see nothing all day, every day. All I see is people making beautiful things all day and people creating beauty in the world, right? And so when you sort of branch out from there and you're like me, someone like me came into all of this and just had to hit the books and do a lot of reading about it and then also um, ask questions of people like Rebecca and say, okay, what is this and how does this work? But what's really cool, and I guess it's a bit of an outsider's perspective, is that what I've learned is that we absolutely have the capacity to fix this problem. Like we absolutely mm. have it. You know, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy and there are no silver bullets. But when you scratch the surface on the, the number of people out there working, working and working and working to fix this problem, um, I mean, I am wholly uh, confident that humans will solve this problem. And it's not to say there's not going to be some pain along the way. There will be. Mm-hmm. But but I am absolutely I absolutely believe that that we will sort this out, you know. And and that's that's the big thing I've learned. I mean, when I first started it, um, I had a small baby, and I was like a lot of parents, like desperately worried about her future, like because of climate change. But but you know, you ask me what I've learned. What I've actually learned is that the solutions do exist. And what, what is needed is actually to motivate people. You know, we just have to get everyone psyched up about enacting those solutions and, and getting them to happen. Mm. And uh, getting, and I guess what we want to do is rather than scare people into action, we want to empower people towards action. So not saying the people that scare people, there's a place for that and that's cool. I don't want to. There is a place for that. Yeah. That can be that can be very necessary. Mm-hmm. People do sometimes people do need to be, you know, shaken. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but but we we want to impact like to sort of say, let's do this, let's let's sort this out. Here's a way. Let's start with this. Let's remove some carbon from the air and then keep removing carbon from the air. You know? So Yeah. That's a big that's the big thing I've learnt. I don't always feel that optimistic every day, but but most of the time I do. <laughs> like, it's not to say you, you have your days where you go, oh, I'm slightly less optimistic today, but but you know, there were moments during the Trump the Trump administration when I was like, oh, I'm less I'm less optimistic right now, but on the whole, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's, yeah. it's an eighty yeah. twenty thing, I think. <laughs> 70 30 feeling at this stage so yeah no i love that i love that i love how um like you kind of mentioned i guess like two aspects of creating change so to say Mm. so like rebecca how you mentioned how there are people who care and then tim how you mentioned there are people who are doing the change so then you just kind of you do something that combines both of these groups of people together and yeah. then voila. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's it. Have you been able to kind of witness the kind of, um, I guess like change or with, or have you gotten like feedback from people so far? Yes. In as much as even some people that I know who <laughs> have gotten on board with it surprised me that, that this is something that they would be um, interested in. In. So that's been really positive, but also too, like in terms of um, people who have contacted both Tim and myself, um, 
from other organisations who have uh, heard about it and people have heard about it in some really sort of random ways. Actually, it's amazing how this sort of information gets out there very quickly, um, who have heard about it and have contacted us wanting to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's um, that change, seeing how it kind of feels like it's – well, Tim feels this most, uh, which is it's it's going so well that it's about to kill him. So. <laughs> 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 it's hard, it's hard it to, keep hard to keep up, up sometimes, sometimes. isn't it, Tim, yeah, yeah. with all the – with all with all the interest right. and um, it is a little that sort of thing. So it's a nice yes. problem to have, it is isn't a, it, Tim? Just, just for the listeners, I'm nodding and yeah. and making making strangling gestures. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, like I mean, everybody that we talk to about it says, "Wow, what a great idea." I mean, there are there are the odd there are the odd people, like there are some people who think that oh, but aren't what you're doing isn't that going to discourage people from taking action in another way? And we sort of say, well, people generally are good, and people know we're not telling people not to to act in the other ways. We're giving them another way to act as well on top of. Yeah. And so exactly. But like Rebecca, I've had people come out of the woodwork, like. Actually, after the first the first weekend that we were out there, like that, the, our first device was out there in our first location. Someone took a photo and posted it on their Facebook page, and then this person contacted me and said, "I I love what you're doing. Can I get one for my place?" And that that was how the wow. at the bottle shop in Collingwood how how we managed to get one there because they were mm. really enthusiastic about it. Um, and not only that, they're, they're very supportive. Um, you know, they encourage people to, to, to contribute when they go in there to purchase wine. So they say, oh, do you want to, you should do this as well, you know? Um, so people are very, uh, complimentary and, and supportive and enthusiastic about it. And, um, and look, yeah, it's, yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky in that respect because it's, uh. Yeah, it's great. We think we think it's a good thing to do. So, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm sitting here and I'm going, oh, but why is it not in Sydney yet? So I yeah. can't wait for it to kind of expand as well. Tim's got to be allowed yeah, outside first. <laughs> yeah. If it's stopped going into lockdown, oh that gosh. would be a lot yeah. easier. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Soon, soon. Yes. Well, we, you know, you never know. Well, we may we may try and get one to Sydney soon, and you know, I mean, mm. it doesn't, it wouldn't. There's definitely where there's a will, there's a way. So, um, yeah, I think it's just at the moment it's good to sort of have a bit of time to, as Tim was saying, to kind of, you know, I'm normally in Brisbane at the moment. I'm in Sydney, but normally mm. I'm in, in Brizzy. But you know, for Tim, who's there in Melbourne, sort of with going in, putting the devices in, um, you know. It, it provides an opportunity for Tim to see, I guess, firsthand, like, where's the best spot yeah. to put the device? 
um, you know, so it engages more with people, you know, a QR code versus the actual device mm. itself. Mm. Um, so really it's that kind of, this is the important part where you sort of, you test some things, you try some things, some things work, some things don't, some things work better than others. And then that will just make um, the process when it gets rolled out more broadly, uh, go a lot more, a lot more smoothly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then I'm wondering, how can our listeners who may not actually live near, I guess, a bin, yeah. how can we help? Well, I mean, it's really easy. Um, you go straight to our website, which is carbonbins.org. And just mm-hmm. below all of the, you know, there's, I think it says bins of carbon, better our planet. There's two tabs. And there's one that says remove carbon. One says donate to carbon bins. And so if you click on the remove to carbon, remove carbon, you can start removing carbon from the air. If you, if you don't, you can donate via that portal and all of the donations received via that portal, remove carbon, pay to remove carbon from the air, get pulled to, to purchase the carbon credits we were talking about before. Um, and then if you decide to, to donate to our organization, then, then you, you click on the donate to carbon bins tab and, and funds that we receive in there go towards helping us to, to, for example, do things like purchase more bins. And um, mm. at, at this stage, purchasing more of those, um, I mean, you name it, every, everything that's involved in running a, a small not-for-profit, it, it would help tremendously. <laughs> Any help is help. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, just for listeners, yeah. like the kind of the price amount model that we use to communicate to people is because I think on the website you can it goes via a, a, a PayPal donation page and you know you can opt to five, ten, twenty, fifty, a hundred, and then whatever you want, um, and you can opt to make it weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 again the price amount model that we use is around approximate because we we can only sort of talk in approximates at this stage but it's approximately two dollars pays to remove approximately 94 kilos of carbon from the air which is approximately the amount that's that's generated by a 41 liter tank of petrol okay so a small mm-hmm. a small tank like a small car i think the small cars are like 30 something liters so it's a it's yeah. a, a, a smallish tank of petrol so yeah you know you sort of can do the math and think about how much carbon you want to remove. And, and, you know, if you, if you want to think about it in terms of offsetting, you know, where you cancel out mm-hmm. any of the activities that you might've had, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. Or you can just do it because you want to make the world a cleaner, better place. There doesn't need to be a motive to, to cancel anything out, like just remove carbon. We're going to need to, we're going to need to remove a lot of it. So we, we need all motives to, to, you know, engage in getting people to do that. So, so that's, that's the most direct way. Yeah. And then if you see us, share, share us, <laughs> tell your friends about us and get them to do the same. So. Thanks for that. No worries. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, so we're, we're kind of getting to the end of our episode now, but before I let you go, I'm just, I'm curious, could you both maybe shed some light on maybe some of the easy ways all of us can reduce our carbon footprint? Okay, so in terms of reducing carbon footprint, I think um, 
look, I guess flying is not something that a lot of us are doing um, or very much of at the moment. So that's that's a bit of a free pass on on that respect, in that respect. Um, but I think, and certainly for me personally, a couple of things, well, another thing that I'm very passionate about is basically just being less of a consumer mm. in, in general. So, you okay. know, buy less stuff if you can. Um, and, you know, public transport, trying to consolidate the number of trips that you do in your car and that sort of thing. It's really, mm. in some ways, it's just sort of simplifying things mm. a little bit. You know, it's not meant to be super hard. Um, there are easy things that everyone um, can do. And they're sort of some of the things that I like to mm. think about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, echoing the same things like fly less. You know, I think one good thing, one good thing that's happened with COVID is that um, businesses, for example, once upon a time would have said, oh, you need to have these five meetings over in Brussels. There you go. I'm going to fly you there. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's several tonnes of carbon that, that have been polluted. Yeah. But now, you know, people are like, well, it's not necessary. We can all do the video conferencing now. So that's, I, I see that mm-hmm. as a silver lining of, of COVID and um, hopefully that trend will, mm-hmm. will stick. But yeah, flying less and driving less, get a bike if you live in an urban centre, you know. People, people yeah. that aren't in urban centres, yeah. like, I mean, Shout out to my parents, mum and dad, love you. But I mean, they live in a, they live in a, a rural town, and um, and I'm always like, you're only going to the shop down there. Just get a bike. <laughs> you're like, ride your bike. Yeah. You know, like, but they'll take mm-hmm. the car. You know, so, um, and yeah. I mean, often with a lot of these things that we can do to reduce the amount that we pollute, they make you healthier anyway. You know, like. Like mm. eating less meat doesn't mean yeah. you have to eat no meat, but eat less yeah. meat. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You yeah. know, exercise. Yeah. You know, walk to work, ride to work, um, carpool. Mm. You get to yeah. talk to someone else at least. You know, mm-hmm. like there's all these things that it mm. means you're probably going to be less lonely, which is going to be better for you. You know, mm-hmm. um, mm. but yeah. it's funny because yeah. a lot of these things are real common sense, common sense stuff. You know, like I. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's mm. going to be something that's also eventually going to go onto our website, something for listeners to keep an eye out for is a kind of a a guide on on ways that they can make less, you know, m- make less carbon pollution. Um, it's a it's a fairly, you know, I, I like I like that one though, Rebecca, of buying less stuff. I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if this crap. exists. Yeah, it's yeah, really I don't know if this one. exists in sydney and brisbane but in melbourne there's a couple of huge department stores like there's one called savers and it's a it's enormous oh yeah, yeah and yeah. you go in there on the weekend and yeah. it's just full of people and like one the other and like you go there and you buy stuff and my wife will like go and buy stuff and she's oh i bought this from savers and she said what do you think i said yeah like i said i love you but I don't love that. <laughs> she's like, and she's like, and she says, well, that's a donation for savers. You know what I mean? And I haven't gone and spent $80 on something made in a sweatshop. Well, you know, mm. um, that's made a lot of money to mm. transport, you know. So, yeah, I think there's mm. there's other ways of going about all this stuff, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think a big part of yeah. it is also just being conscious of what yeah. you're doing and what you're consuming as well. Because I feel yeah. like so often we're just kind of we're almost sucked into it as it's the norm to just you know drive or to just fly and things like that. But like we don't really feel like people don't really take a step back and go, oh wait, hang on, but maybe maybe we don't have to. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. not the norm. Maybe it shouldn't be the norm. That kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We definitely yeah, there's definitely reflective. Yeah. Yeah. And there are definitely people who need to. <laughs> Start thinking about it, as you say, you know, like start going, well, mm-hmm. do I need to, yeah, is that necessary? Like, do I need mm-hmm. to buy, when I'm at, when I'm at one of the major supermarket chains that wants to package my apples in a box with plastic around it, oh, yeah. do I need to purchase that <laughs> yeah. one? Or can I just like put my apples mm-hmm. into the basket and they bag them when I get to the checkout? Like, mm-hmm. is it necessary to have all of that extra yeah. added carbon attached to what mm-hmm. I'm buying? You know? Yeah. So. Mm. And I think probably most importantly is for people, you know, we're very lucky in this country to be able to live in a democracy and to vote and that sort of thing. And that's probably the most important thing that people can do is perhaps engage a bit more when it comes around to that time about, you know, what various parties are, what is their position on climate change and climate action and engage Mm. a bit in it and, you know, use, use your vote to get a bit of action on, on on that front because, you know, as individuals, whilst it is excellent to be more mindful of these things, at the end of the day, let's face it, it's not a gas-led recovery. No. It's not digging coal out of the ground. They're mm. the big things. Mm. They're the yeah. really big things. So, And I think that's why a lot of the time people feel a little uh, disempowered because mm. that's that's not something you can go out tomorrow and change yeah. straight away as a as an individual and that's the reality that we all yeah. that we all live in but um, we can certainly put pressure on mm. to our yeah it's a thing like like engaging in the democratic process like you can vote like climate change in the truest sense of the word is an existential crisis. Like it's, it's like, Mm. I hate to get, like, I don't want to get dark for for just, I'll pit myself to get dark for one second, but it's, it is the apocalypse in slow motion. You know what I mean? We absolutely have Mm. to vote. We have to vote with that mindset. Mm. You know, we have to tell people to start voting, thinking with that. it, It should be the most important thing. So what that means is, one, not voting for climate change sceptics who want a gas-led recovery, and two, telling the Mm. opposition that they need to to provide a blueprint to get workers in those industries out and to to give them a net to say, you're going to come out of coal, you're going to come out of gas, but we are going to put you somewhere else. You and your family and your lifestyles will be okay. So it's not just enough to oppose it. The people that whose livelihoods depend on those industries need to be shown that that they're going to be taken care of, and 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 us as voters need yeah. to call up, you know, the opposition and say, guys, like, mm. you need to tell these people they're going to be okay. You need to have a plan, you know. And uh, so it's, you know, we can yeah. all do that. That's easy, you know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a bit of I'll have a bit of politics, but it gets it gets me ranty. So, 
<laughs> no, all good. That's actually it's it's really important that you mention that because I feel like um we don't think about it enough. I feel like often people are like, oh yeah, you know, you can make a change, and and, and while we can kind of make a change, it's not at the end of the day, it's not the biggest change that needs to happen kind of thing no, yeah, yeah so yeah. i think no. i think it was really important that you mentioned that yeah yeah That's yeah awesome. absolutely any kind of final comments for our listeners out there from both of you go and have a look at the website and i guess if anyone has any questions you know we're here and happy to to answer them if anyone wants to to get in contact and otherwise watch yeah. this space look cool I just want to say to anyone listening, <laughs> we let's all think big and go big with this problem. You know, the time for curling up in a ball and going, it's, it's all over. Forget it. No, it's like, let's, let's sort this problem out. You know, like it's, this is it. This is our time. This is our time to shine. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, this is it. Let's yeah. and get amongst it and and get involved in whatever way you can you know yeah we're going to be the greatest generation you know like this we you know we'll be the ones that save the planet you know try <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so true <laughs> well thank you so much for that <laughs> no problem <laughs> thank you so much for having us thank you Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Voices Unheard podcast. I hope you've all learned something from it. I certainly have. Check out Carbon Bin's website and their socials, which can be found in this episode's description. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like more episodes like this, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or through the Anchor website. If you or you know someone who might be interested in being featured, also let me know and I'd love to hear from you. In two weeks, we're changing gears a little bit. We're going to be sharing a story of a woman who has lived through many traumas and has come out on the other side. I don't want to reveal too much yet, so make sure you subscribe to Voices Unheard so you'll be notified when it's out. I hope you'll stay safe, healthy and well. See you in two weeks.